Lunch Money Lambert, Jeff Malott. Welcome to the Kaifast Nation. Hey, what's up, everybody? Happy Monday night. Welcome to KB and Live. Ryan's on the road road. What's up, Ryan? Oh, yeah. Where you at? I'm in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I got a little meeting tomorrow. I'm trying to make my way to Illinois. We're going to go deer hunt a little bit this week. Some might say the birthplace of kayak fishing. Ryan. That's, would, would some say that? <laughs> Illinois? Is it? I don't well, know. Oh, I, I was thinking Tennessee. Isn't there a Hendersonville, Tennessee? Henderson, there is. Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, not too okay. far from the uh, the former uh, Hook One original yeah. location. There we go. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, Ryan, but I actually own the Hook One Kayak Fishing Facebook group now. I've tried what? to re, yeah, I try to revamp it because there's, there's a lot of members in there. I thought I could repurpose it into some sort of other tool, yeah. educational group. It is so overrun. What's the most disgusting Facebook bots you've ever seen? I can't, <laughs> I can't clean it up. I can't unlock it. I can't get rid of them. I've been I don't trying. know how well moderated it was it uh, yeah, yeah. In, in those years, but we're seeing that a lot in the local Facebook pages. I don't know if, if you guys are having it out there, but like there's some uh, wild links that get posted uh, in our, in our local fishing pages. And Oh my God. Man. I don't know yeah. why the bots would target the, I guess the, the audience. I don't know. <laughs> Kayak anglers are sick people. I guess they check your search history or something. Man, I've got like multiple layers of the admin assist piled on, trying my best to fix everything. Even on KBN, I mean, they try to get through on there, but we've got watchers on the wall. Yeah, the watchers on the wall for KBN. We got them. Uh, Clifton's in the comments asking where Larry's. He's he's here. He's chilling. He's in the lobby. We'll get him in here in a minute. For those that uh, read the read the title before we went live tonight. Larry Hill, the winner of the native No Limit Big Bass on Fork, the overall winner, is going to join us tonight. We had Matt Fentress slide up as well. He caught the, the giant of the tournament, but family first. He's got his kid in the state band finals down in San Antonio. He sent me a little info. We'll be able to share that with people on how that went down too. But Sounds another one of those, Ryan. One Sounds fish. Sounds good. You know what I mean? Larry won the overall, then one fish won the Big Bass. That That's all he got was that one fish? Is it? 24. Man. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, that's the right one to do it, I guess. Is that the third time that's happened this year? At least, yeah. At least yeah. the third time. I think it happened a couple times last year, too, in their first first season. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. So help us out, guys, as we, uh, before we get Larry in here and hit that share button, spread spread the news around. Uh, we had a great show last week. We did the, the Halloween call-in. Had a lot of fun with that. We gave away a couple pairs of Revos. Uh, I think we're on on point tonight to give away some Seaguar line. Is that right? Does that sound right to you, line? Sounds Ryan? good to me, yeah. My spreadsheet there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've tried to keep up with that on my spreadsheet. You're the, you're the data police. You'll, you'll data be aware police. of that. Yeah. So we're going to give away some cigar tonight to, to be eligible to win. All you got to do is like and share on Facebook, like and comment on YouTube and Twitch. And I don't know if you have a possibility to win if you're watching somewhere else, but do whatever you can over there. If you're, <laughs> if you're, if you're on you. Rumble or Twitter or X or whatever you call it, comment, retweet, repost, do, do all that stuff. And we'll try to we'll try to figure that out. But cigar giveaway tonight, man. What, what, what went down over the weekend for you? Anything big for you? Uh, me and Kenzo, we went to Knoxville uh, Friday night. Uh, Eric Thomason and Marshall, we uh, went and saw Abby Abadanza play a little live show oh, yeah, on his way yeah. down to the TOC. And then uh, we went and caught the uh, Tennessee homecoming game. Okay. Pretty fair good game, weekend. Good game. They took care of business. Man, you never know. It's next week I'm worried about. I, I'm not really worried about <laughs> last week. Right. Uh, what, what did you get into? 
Razorbacks won a game finally. Beat Florida. You were sweating that one. You were talking pretty down on the board. I thought we were down again. I thought we'd lost it. You know, they thought it was over with, but they won. They pulled it out and won. Uh, They had a Bass Nation state championship, or not state championship, state open here in Arkansas. A couple Oklahoma guys slid over here and secured a spot. Was that Uh, on Beaver? Yeah, it was on Beaver. Yeah. I did not fish it, but it was just down the road here. I was watching. I read it was tough. I read, uh, I read, uh, I think it was Kyle, Kyle Long's post. Yeah, yeah, it was Beaver can be like that anywhere in the fall. Beaver can be tough anyway. So yeah, we've had some we got, wild weather swings. We got now, a big so. uh, tournament this week here kicking off uh, the TOC on Chickamauga. Speaking of potentially, uh, you know, tough conditions on a on a fall bite. Yeah. I don't know. I hadn't hadn't seen too many big fish picks posted uh, from pre fishing. I saw Sisto; he got on a good one today. But I've seen a lot of catfish and drum seem to be very popular right now. You're a former TOC champ, TOC qualifier, all those things. Tell people how different it, it's pre-fishing is a science anyway, but doing it, preparing for a three-day tournament like that is even different, right? Back when I wanted, it was a two-day deal, but I didn't even pre-fit. Like I knew that I had a very limited number of fish, so I didn't even pre-fish it. Uh, we pre-fished, you know, it was on the rivers, uh, up above Knoxville then. And we did some other floats, uh, that weren't going to be what I thought I was going to need on tournament day. And that turned out to be exactly right. Cause it was pretty much, uh, about a 12, 14 bite deal, uh, that, that locked that one up. So I think going into a three fish tournament, you really have to be a lot more calculated in your pre-fishing. You know, you can't beat it up multiple days in a row, even though you have that time to keep going back and checking them. I think you're just hurting yourself and you probably are going to have to have two, at least two spots, I would think, uh, to, to really get it done in a, in a three day tournament. We'll find out. Who's your pick, man. I, you, you gotta, I mean, Ewing just won the, the college deal. So hats off to Ewing on another win. I think that one was on Watts bar. Uh, you gotta think Ewing's going to be in the discussion. Uh, Russ won our state championship around this time of year um i think it was three years ago so you got to think russ is going to be up there uh i'd say marshall is going to be in contention too marshall always seems to to scratch out a good bag on chickamauga so those i'd say those three names you'll see in the top 10 at least i'm going with a sleeper right really not a sleeper he's been in the mix in the aoi all year but not exactly. a name that gets tossed around a lot look out for brandon prince brandon prince okay yeah my, my man from over this way um Missouri fishes, Missouri, Arkansas trails. Uh, and he's been, he's just been kind of hanging around that top 10 in the BOSAOI all year. He's due to crack a, to crack a W. So no better place to do it than there. We'll see. I mean, I think, you know, they're, they're from what I hear, there's still some grass on the lake. So that's going to, I think, kind of make people a little more comfortable. If, if it rained a lot and they opened the floodgates, it would be a, uh, a real tough, <laughs> a real tough tournament. But the fact that there's still grass, uh, you've got the river that's going to be in play. Uh, that's kind of more current dependent. I don't know how much water they're pulling to drop the lakes right now. So I think you could see a couple different bites play into this one. Yeah. Uh, Elvis in the comments asked, is there going to be a show with the winner of the big bass Two Fifty? There's not Elvis because Chris, I, I mentioned this, I think a little bit on the Colin show, Chris Longshore from all accounts, a great, great person, great dude, obviously a great angler is not a fan of public speaking, not a fan of going on live anything and, and didn't want to come on uh, with us two knuckleheads. So, uh, and that's fine. Nothing but respect. I respect a man's wishes to, to not want to do that. So 
So no. So you can just catch him next year, Elvis, at the two fifty beforehand at the way or the captain's meeting and, and, and interview thoughts. him live and then send us a clip. And yeah, we'll interview him live, get some notes. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, he he's not he's not one to do that kind of thing, which is fine. It's great. Um, so you know maybe maybe we should have pulled the the runner up guy, Jordan Westerman. He came in third. He's been on here before. We can probably yeah. get him on here and talk about oh, it. Yeah. So yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, so TOC week, man, a big week, and then that's pretty much it, right? Is everything? I know Tennessee like started their season again already, didn't they? Part of it, <laughs> buddy. Steve-O, Steve-O don't quit. As soon as, yeah. <laughs> as soon as it's over with, uh, we kick back off. Usually, I think the first one this year is on Dale Hollow again, like in December or something. So it's yeah. it's right around the corner. And the, one of the biggest things that happened this week, or I guess it was over the weekend, was that Texas schedule getting released. That was insane. That's an insane looking schedule. Buddy. We'll talk to Larry about that because uh, he knows a little bit about that being from Texas. Of Duke course. hammered that out, man. That is a phenomenal schedule. Yeah, I'm, I literally got on my Google Maps. And I'm like, okay, look, that, it's not that far. <laughs> look, I'm moving to Texas. <laughs> look, it's not that far. <laughs> I could maybe make four of those a lot easier than I could drive all over the country. You know what I mean? I mean, they hit the they hit the big the big fisheries on that on that deal. That looks good. Looks really yeah. good. So we'll talk to Larry about that among among other things down there. Uh, but yeah, let's shout out sponsors, man. We'll get him in here. Of course. Look, I got the green lights back here, right? I see that. I'm, I'm, I'm very upset. I don't even have a working lamp in this hotel. Uh, the valet <laughs> wouldn't park my truck. He said it was too big. I need to park it myself. So I'm, I'm really up against it tonight. Yeah. I got, uh, I got the green lights with the eco sticker back there rolling. So trying to represent eco fishing shop, of course, it's not a surprise anymore. They're the new title sponsor of the show. They've been a, the title sponsor for a few weeks now, but pumped to be partnered up with them uh you know i've followed their social media for a while but i never really followed deeply on their instagram they do some wild stuff on that instagram they do all those fancy reels and, and fancy edits over there man they do some good stuff got it got it down huh they got it down so go over there check out their instagram page and they need their their facebook numbers pumped up so make sure you're over there following eco fishing's uh facebook page if you guys heard us talk about them before i mean those guys on most models zero shipping all over the united states for all their kayaks except a certain couple of brands and a forklift, the crazy thing, forklift never touches your boat. So you don't have to worry about holes getting punched in it. I like it. So, so there you go. And then, of course, Pro Guide Lithium, official battery at KBN, uh, Bangtail Whiskey, keeping Ryan warm up on his hunting trip up to Illinois there. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we gave away the, the Revos last week. Uh, Z-Man will be next week. And, of course, Seaguar Line is tonight. So we're doing a Seaguar giveaway tonight. And then Gil, Gil Geared, this is Gil time this time of year. Yep. I mean, it's, it's cold. If you need some some warm clothes, they have a, a complete dry suit as well, uh, especially for, for you all like in the Northeast and stuff where, you know, dry suits are a big factor. Uh, check them out, man. Use that discount code. It'll save you a ton on their gear. I see Robert Brown in the comments. I think, I know there's multiple Robert Browns that kayak fish, but is this Robert Brown that just won the, the KBT championship? Say so in, the, in there. We'll give you a shout out if you did. Uh, I, you know, that deal, that league is funny. It's opposite of what was last year or the year before. The KFL was like in your face with like over promoted. It was over promoted by blowing up, you know, shot. you know, arguing about numbers and all this. The KBT just kind of flew under the radar, but by all accounts, I think it went pretty smooth. Well, that's this, how you know it went pretty smooth. Yeah, this new iteration went pretty smooth. And, <laughs> and Robert in the in the Virginia, or no, the Norfolk Privateers, I believe is the name of their team out there, took home the title. Arkansas was in the Final Four, but they got they got beat over there. Uh, so, congrats, Robert. Well done over there, Robert. There you go. Who'd have thought we'd give him a shout-out tonight, Ryan? There you go. 
Hey, a you, dub made is it. A dub. you made it, KBT. That's right. The dub is a dub. So if they survive and they do another season, maybe we'll have Robert on again and, and talk about what they've done different this time around. Yeah. Because obviously it was. It we was should. We should grab a couple owners and tell, you know, get them on and kind of pick their brains on it. Yeah. I like Robert. He's fine. We get Robert on, maybe Garrett or somebody from Arkansas. We'll get a few people on and talk about it. But with that said, tonight's guest, Big Bass. Um, I mean, he's a big bass expert, I guess, because every time I turn on Facebook, he's catching a big one down there in Texas. We're going to get Larry Hill in here and talk a little native big bass. Hey, Mr. Hill. Hi. How are you? Good. How you doing, man? Doing, doing well. Great. Doing great. Representing Mariner Sales there. Speaking of speaking of Duke himself. The best. That's awesome. Yeah. Tell us, uh, how'd you like this format, man? We've asked, you know, everybody that's been on and, and had nothing but great reviews so far, so I'm sure not going to spoil it. So it was my first time doing a no limits. I don't know if y'all have taken part in one of these before, but no, not yet. It was it was a little bit of a different kind of day, you know. Uh, I've I've told some people I caught my fifth fish at like eleven thirty or so, and I was texting the people just got my limit, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not a limit. <laughs> we get to these, and so. From that point on, I mean, it was just a flurry. I mean, I had pretty much that 15 to 16 inch fish figured out. I mean, I was, I think I caught 11 fish and I would bet more than half were under 16. I think I caught one 18 and a half. And then my big fish, that 22 came that last half hour. So Did that win an hourly big bass? It, it did. I caught that at 245 in the pouring rain and it ended up winning the eighth hour, the last hour you could win i was talking to garrett uh, on his on his way back and he was saying he caught like a 21 and a quarter 21 and a half <laughs> and he's like it didn't even win an hourly big bass <laughs> yeah i want to say brad case won with the smallest his hour was the smallest uh big fish of the day and i think it was like a 21 and a half for his hour or something like that i, I may be wrong maybe a 20 but i think it was a 21 something Ford, that. disappoint on on that does it yeah, there were there were two different guys. I think their only fish that they posted were winners for their hour, and a, and then Frentress his his twenty four. That was the only fish he caught, and it won his hour, and then he, it won the big fish of the day. And you've got you got some experience on fork, right? Like you you know you weren't just running out there blind. Well, we can say that, but I was telling Jeff earlier <laughs> yeah. that so I'm fifty three. I'm an old. I'm one of the old ones. And I grew up two hours from Fork, lived here my entire life. And my first time to see it was the December before last year's BASS event. Wow. So the end of 2020, no, end of 2020, uh, 21. So how did you manage to dodge it for so long? I don't, I've never been much of a lake. I've never fished in a bass boat. I've never been on a big lake. I was a bank fisherman my entire life, just hopping ponds and running shallow stuff. And that's it. So when, when I got into the kayak tournament scene, it's like every lake's a new lake to me. And I've been kind of going through that where pretty much every season there's two or three lakes that I've never seen before. So it's, 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 it's been fun learning how to do that. That's awesome. What what has been your knack for catching big ones? Because I know last year, every time I saw you in a tournament down there in Texas somewhere, it's Larry Hill with big bass or a big bass, you know, 
what, do you have a knack yeah. for that? Is it the way? Is it the way you fish? The techniques you use? What What's the deal there? I want to say it's just pure luck. You know, <laughs> you, you you go around. You you kind of do what everyone else does. I, I really like to fish a chatterbait. I love to fish a jackhammer. I love fishing grass. But so last year when we saw fork and it was six feet low and it was a wintertime tournament and it was in February. And I caught that first fish of the tournament, posted the first one, and it was a 23 on a Ned rig in like yeah. four, four foot of yeah. water. Yeah, they were foot of water on a, on a uh, fire crawl baby goat. Was uh, that the Bassmaster tournament when it was yes. frozen? There was yep. ice storms and all that stuff. I got there on a Wednesday, had the, the big water shoved into the camper, ready to pre-fish, you know, Thursday, Friday, and woke up like a, a dumbass. I put my kayak in my truck Wednesday night and woke up Thursday morning to ice, like two inches of ice on everything. Oh, man. Yeah. And they actually um, delayed that start Saturday morning by a couple of hours because I had air temp. We had air temp of 18 degrees that Saturday morning. I had water temp of 39 when I caught that fish. I remember Marshall sent us videos of like busting eyes trying to just to get out from the ramp. <laughs> Some of those guys, did you see those kayaks, those guys that drove in like during the storm and oh, they yeah. had like coats of like, like road ice on their, on everything, their kayaks, they were thawing out their seats and everything. Oh yeah. I was stuck. I was entered in that tournament and couldn't leave. I was up here in the Ozarks and I couldn't get out. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't get out of my neighborhood. Even the Subaru couldn't do it right. And so that next morning, so it was a little bit warmer. I think water temp was like 42 and I caught two 23 and a quarters on a jackhammer in like three foot of water. So like, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It just doesn't, it's not like I figured it out, but I did fish in the same area for this tournament, but it's, it's up about three and a half feet, almost four feet uh, compared to what it was a year ago. So there was some grass, some pretty healthy, I think it was coontail. I'm not sure, but. So this tournament, I mean, it fished kind of tough though, right? I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a big blowout uh, as far as numbers went. Like it looked like people were having to grind, you know, to yeah, up pretty good stringers. I, I want to say if you get like I want to say they paid through eight places, and I want to say eighth place was like eighty something inches, maybe. You have to go down and look. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sure enough. Yeah. So, so this was a, if this was a quote five fish limit tournament, right? only 11 people would have had a limit at all those people. Wow. And I think I ran some numbers. If it was a five fish tournament, my limit, my five fish limit would have only put me, I think I would have finished fifth or sixth place, something like that. So I didn't have a lot of big fish. It was just a lot of fish. Was it just, I mean, like the fall transition, was there any crazy weather that were, you know, that affected I think it? It's, it so I, tough? I think it's some of that. Um, the, the turnover happened, I think a couple of weeks before that tournament. Uh, the weekend before was the Berkeley Big Bass. So about 1,100 anglers, I think four to 500 boats were in that. And it's had a pretty good run this fall. There was two other, there were two other uh, Big Bass tournaments in the last couple of months. So Fort gets hammered most of the year, but especially in the early fall. So, so just I, I can't explain. A culmination of several. I mean, TXKBL had their classic this past weekend. It was a two day, and I want to say it was just as tough for them. There were a lot of guys saying that they should have stayed home. So. I remember the the original TOC days. Every when every year it was on fork, right? That it was every other year it was like that because it was this time of year, just like it is for the TOC now. But you'd go down there, and one year it'd be just a slugfest, and the next year, you know, you just scrap people scratching out limits and finishing in the top ten with four fish, you know. I mean, obviously, a yeah, 24-inch fish is massive. I thought it would be 
a much bigger number, you know, winning the overall. Like I just pictured Fork, you know, <laughs> capping off that big bass event and it taking, you know, 400 inches to to win the thing. I I was shocked when I, you know, when I looked and saw kind of where the leaderboard was, especially talking to Garrett. He's like, I finished second and, you know, had what, seven, eight fish. Yeah. Um, I want to say at like 1230 ish, I had 110 inches and I think Garrett had 132 ish and he had 132 the rest of the afternoon. And he and I both cold up considerably when the board had shut off because I caught 38 inches in the last half hour. And when they announced second place at 149, I had no idea that he had pulled up. I guess he caught a 16 something in that last hour. Or Were you watching the leaderboard at all during the absolutely. day? Absolutely. <laughs> way, way more than I ever do in a tournament. I mean, it was, and it was a little deflating, but I, something was special about that day. I can't really explain it. I was in a big grass flat with three or four other guys, and it was just me and one other guy. Um, Joe Booth, he actually finished third. He and I were sharing the same grass fight. There was plenty of room for four or five guys, but it was just the two of us. And that last half hour was an absolute downpour. I mean, but you know, something was special about that day and about that grass flight. I mean, I would say every three or four casts, I was getting hit. I was getting bumped by something or slapped at. And a lot of good grass to rip a jackhammer through. And I mean, I. I took 10 rods and I think I used every one of them throughout the day. But once I got back there, I didn't get back to the back where I had my drop pin till 1030. So it was almost 11 o'clock before I got back where I finished the day. And once I was back there, it was just nonstop for me. Did you catch them on anything else? I mean, was anything else productive or was it mainly? I caught one keeper on a uh, wacky Cinco. I caught about 10 fish that were under 10 inches on that as well. And so I, I wasted about an hour in the middle of the day trying to try something else and just figured I'm going to go back to it. And once I did, I caught another fish and just I stuck to it. So there's no reason to change if it's working. That's right. What are you working on, Jeff? You typing oh. something up? You no, I'm looking. I'm looking over there at. So Matt can join us tonight, and he sent me his write up for his bigging. So I, I don't, I don't want to read it all uh, word for word. Okay. So I was trying to get my, get my mind right about what I was going to share with the with the group here. I knew you were working on something. I couldn't yeah. tell what we were about to do. I was concentrating. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and like Ryan already said, this obviously wasn't just uh, a shootout because 124 anglers, only a little over 200 fish caught total, which is unheard of. Would it be fair to say? Larry, because you you fished, a, I think, enough now. If you flip the seasons and put this on fork in late March, early April, then we would be talking 400, 450 inches. I would think any other month of the year, you would be looking at at least 300. I mean, yeah. I've, I've been saying if I would have gotten to that back grass flat first thing in the morning, I would have had over 200 easily because, I mean, I was only 30 inches short of that. No, 20 inches, 21 inches short of that. Was it that far away or just took you that long to get there or were you just fishing? It's a away combination there? of it was dark. It was raining. There's a buttload of stumps and fork. It's a sketchy place. Um, I hit a stump pretty hard at about nine o'clock and busted my little locking lever on my big water. And you know how that goes sometimes. And, but yeah, it's, it's just, I, I kind of fished my way back there. I caught two fish on the way back in there and, and, once I finally got back to the back, I, I'd never seen grass on four. I'd ne I didn't, I knew it was there. I had 
heard reports that, that the grass was good. So it just took me a while to get back there. Clifton say, saying, don't say too much. Or Cliff, sorry, he's Cliff tonight, is saying, don't say too much. He's nervous. I will say Cliff was with me that day. What? Because he told me last year, I think, in sometime. Or in spirit. That in spirit. one of his, yeah, in, in spirit. That one of your <laughs> best days of fishing was in the rain. And so I just kept saying, because, you know, you're, you're pedaling out in the morning. I mean, on the way out there, I was soaked to the bone already. And I'm like, what am I doing out here? This is, this is stupid. This was not a fun day. You would never fish that way for fun. And I kept saying, like, okay, they're they're here. They're going to be here. It's raining cats and dogs, and then you get a break. And then it rained, you get a break. It rained, you get a break. And my biggest fish of the day came in the hardest downpour of the day. The goat was with you. It's, it's how LeBron feels when he's playing. He thinks of what Jordan would do, and then he does it. Oh, uh-oh. We're going to start the debate. To, tries to do it. Uh, Corey but, Geisendorf says he can already tell where you were just from what he is saying. He loves for it. <laughs> He's trying, to, he's trying to read you there were lots of people i talked to that fished different parts of the lake and had grass so i don't yeah. know so you don't know nothing Corey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did, did that lake being so low kill some of the grass was that the deal because forks uh it got a history of that and grass. they sprayed the, oh, the hell out of it they're trying to get rid of uh that hyacinth and and whatever that other invasive thing that you go to caddo and that's all you see um, yeah oh yeah Salvinia, I believe. Yeah, so, yep, that's exactly what it is. And I saw yeah. plenty of hyacinth that was like chest high, so it's it's already out of control. There are there's already talks about spraying it again, so I don't know. I've got some pictures of my son and I wading chest deep through some of that, trying to get to some backwater way back in the day. One of those TOCs, and that's before we knew there was gators in there. But <laughs> well, we're, dra- we're trying to drag, drag. You made so, it. Yeah. Y'all had mentioned that it was a really low limit. You know, 178, 75. It felt high to me, but. I didn't know any of the numbers for the other no limits tournaments until I started checking after that one was over. And I think the second lowest was 211 or yeah. 210 ish in the mm-hmm. Carolinas, the top one being 450 something. So, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think they were thinking that Fork would be that low. In my head, I just, I pictured it being a, you know, just a blowout, but. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of different factors at play. And I think the time of the year, like you said, after the lake had turned over, it probably changed things up quite a bit down there. Yeah. And I, and I wonder uh, if the hourly, this may have been the biggest hourlies of the year, even though the overall numbers weren't the highest. I, I mean, I, I don't, I haven't done the research on that, but I wonder if the average per hour plus overall big bass was the biggest, even be, even though it was the fewest fish. Where else had was it Santi? Santi turned out some. They good had some ones big ones. Yeah, they sure yeah. did. We'll have to get Vinny on the case there. He probably has that on some spreadsheet somewhere. He's organized. So. I want to say that that they had mentioned. Don't be surprised if a seventeen or eighteen wins an hour. But yeah, that wasn't the case for us. Yeah. Not Somebody last there. week. Yeah, in the call-in show, they were saying, "Oh no, it's going to be twenty-two for every hour." They were they were they were talking big. So they were pretty close. Almost. Almost. <laughs> pretty close Almost, on that man. call. Yeah. What uh, uh, what other trails do you fish down there in Texas, Larry? So I fish the North Texas Kayak Championship, uh, Duke Trans uh, Trail. That's my primary trail. Uh, I actually I won an uh, AOI last year in the Northeast Texas, the the one that went. No, I'm sorry, this year actually the Northeast Texas KBL, the one that went belly up. 
So you, I was you killed actually, it. You killed the whole series. I was actually the AOI. They decided, well, he's in the lead, so we're kind of done. <laughs> That's how you do it, right there. Just stir some controversy to shut the season down and take that AOI. Right? I actually won. So that was the only other tournament I won this year. I won the the Lake of the Pines tournament there. I'd never fished pines and went there and and beat up on O'Brien Howell up there. That's BDH boy, old BDH. Happy that's, belated that's birthday target. to that's BDH, by the way. I that's saw my target I saw. for every tournament is to kill bdh i can tell you if you can beat bdh you've done well yeah Mm -hmm. you've done well in the tournament if you if you beat him if you finish ahead of him you've done yeah so my my first year of tournament fishing was 2021 it was pretty bad uh you know the learning curve is steep uh 22 i got a uh big water and a trolling motor on the front put the xi3 on the front and it was a game changer and i won my first tournament on Athens with the uh, Northeast Texas KBL. And then I uh, won the, the North Texas Classic on Athens, which was my biggest win up until now. And then I went and won the North Texas KBL uh, Classic on Caddo, a two-day on Caddo last year. So I had those three wins last year. And then this year was a little slower, but uh, got that one win at Lake of the Pines and then I uh, had my best uh, AOI finish for North Texas, I think seventh. So that's kind of my goal for next year is to do a little better for AOI for the North Texas Trail. So it's safe to say that getting that old town changed your fishing career. It was it was a big one. Okay. All right, you talked me hat. into it, Larry. That's why I wore this hat tonight, Ryan. I knew. Well, I to you know, old town. as a winner of the overall No Limits, they sent me a kayak. A native kayak so i'm thinking 2024 i may just parlay that into the titan x so we'll see i wanted to go i was actually going to drive up to uh chickamauga this morning and see a- abby's got his titan x and i wanted to see it on the water and you know get a feel for it and see what they had changed and and how it kind of affected the you know previous titan models what what the improvements were Unfortunately, I ended up having to work, so <laughs> didn't make it up there. But I think that is a great boat. I think they integrated a lot of really cool features into that. It looks like it would be super easy to rig out with a motor. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm really excited. Um, I, I saw it for the first time in, in person. I went to see Duke last week, and he had one there in the showroom. And, uh, you know, I've seen videos of it and seen the, you know, reviews and whatnot, the walkthroughs. And to see it in person, it's it's impressive. So I'm looking forward to making that switch it's all, always good when when they listen to the customers and you know make changes like you can keep putting out the same boat forever but unless you actually take that feedback and improve on things i, I think that's how you gain market share in this business but what do i know you know i think we'd be doing disservice if we didn't touch on the overall big bass for this event ryan touch on it so let me let me throw this picture up and we'll talk about ryan's or ryan matt's big bass <laughs> i wish it was my big bass. Been right there. so look at this look at this prehistoric beast oh paintbrush tail perfect kayak tail she's long, been through it a few times yeah, she's been through it she's been caught a couple times 24 inch monster uh and i got a message from matt he was kind of giving me the, the lowdown on how he first of all he said he loved the format unique format he, he enjoyed that but he was using a seven-inch Berkeley power bait blue fleck worm, old school fishing, hmm. ribbon tail worm, uh, working stump roots in an area that he had found. Uh, didn't have a lot of time to practice, he said before he got there. So he he 
went to an area that he knew with a lot of stumps, worked it with this power worm. And this is, the, this is a story that as old as time with big fish, I'm telling you working one point, got hung up on a stump <laughs> after getting hung up, flip, flip to the next big stump and noticed his kill switch was tangled up with the butt of his rod. So he started messing with that and noticed his wine <laughs> swimming away. <laughs> So how many times does that happen where you don't, you're not paying attention and then you look up and your line's 10 feet to the right and you know, game on, you got a giant. So. It's all, I was going to say, it's never a little fish when that happens. No, never, never a little, little fish. fish, never a little fish. So he said, set the hook, one little jump, boom in the net, 24 inch fish. It's his P kayak PB. So there you go. That's how Imagine you, that's how thing in the spring. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a freaking hog right there. Yeah, it's a pretty cool story, man. And I actually yeah. had that worm tied on, but it did not work for me. <laughs> Does is Matt the one that always wears the black plastic gloves? Is that Matt? No, I know who you're talking about. That's someone else. Um, I want to say I, I don't remember, but no, it's one of the Texas guys because he's always holding. You always see a black, <laughs> like a black surgery glove and a giant freaking bucket mouth. I know Jeff White wears wears the black gloves from time to time. I don't know. I'm gonna have to go back through all the pictures now and find. <laughs> Got to know. I must know. What's the, what's the to. reason behind that? I have to know that. I said they're warm. He said they're actually yeah. like he wears those instead of like you know insulated gloves, so he can still fill his line and tie knots and use fishing equipment. I think like the black. Uh, oh, okay. Jeff cooking White. barbecue. There you go. There. So there was there was. Oh, another. that's him. There he is. See. Was it? Yeah. Yep. Jeff White nailed it. There was a there was another pretty cool story. They actually gave a uh, like a sportsmanship award of some sort, kind of a, a last minute thing where a guy I don't remember his name. He had caught I want to say he hooked a fish on a fluke. It wrapped him around a tree. It broke him off. He left. He came back to the area and the fish was floating like he had never left the tree, and it ended up being like a twenty three. I want to say, and so he called the TD and they had a discussion and they decided that he couldn't enter that fish. So boy, he'll never make it as a PKA. Come on, man. <laughs> Hell you go find other people's fish tied up around a tree and yeah. submit them suckers. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow, yeah. That's cool. That's, that's what this sport's all about. You get, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all out there 99% of the time on our own. So, you know, you got to have some integrity out there in the water, right? Oh yeah. You got to police yourself. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have uh, drones watching everybody yet, quite yet. Boy, when uh, that day comes, that's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be a hell of a time to be alive. <laughs> hey, did you see my picture I shared today of the drone toilets, Ryan? Yes, <laughs> I did. I was I was driving. I was like, "What even is that thing? A drone <laughs> toilet? You can just call it in." We're already in kayaks. What more of a toilet do you want? <laughs> hey, man, I don't know. I don't Come know. on. How do you think they put scuppers in those things? I'm saying I've seen Jim Clark's uh, <laughs> drive hole one too many times there. Yeah. Wow. You saw his drive hole? <laughs> saw his drive. Drive. Okay. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> seen too much of it. Leave it at that. Oh, man. Am I the only one that waits as long as he absolutely has to to stand up and pee in a kayak? Nope. No. I try to make it all day if I can. <laughs> I don't, eat, I, think, I don't drink i don't do anything but fish all day long well i bullshit on the instagram so so it crossed my mind several times on fourth that day that no one's gonna know you know the whole who's gonna know? gonna know no one's gonna know if i just go because i'm soaked to the bone anyway 
dumb yeah. and dumber on the back of that moped. Just go, <laughs> just man. Go. <laughs> just go. That would be something special. You get back to the ramp and you're like, man, who smells like stale beers? <laughs> oh, it's Larry. <laughs> you didn't want to well, stand up and go, go to the back. Many big, drivers do it. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, as, as many big fish as he catches, if people get wind of that, they'll all start peeing their pants out there. Right? I don't think that's the, the mojo. Who knows? Uh, if we got any questions for Mr. Hill about any any of, of what happened on four, leave it leave in the comments. We'll get it to him or anything else, get it to him. I want to pivot over to what's going on in Texas with their schedule. We mentioned it when we went live about this Bass Nation schedule. Larry, you traded some messages with me the other day about correcting uh, one of the schedules came out with the wrong date on it. We got yeah. that corrected. But what do you think of that new Bass Nation schedule for Texas, man? That's unbelievable. Hammers. That is going to be some absolute dogfights on those lakes. And look at that thing. What what do you feel like? I mean, obviously we've seen Toledo Bend before, Caddo. We hadn't really seen a lot of Ray Roberts on the on the kayak side. But if you had to pick Larry, kind of a off the beaten path uh, lake for a national tournament. Off the beaten path. Yeah, you know, like not one that that Bass and Hobie have gone to over and over and over again. But if just to mix it up and see something different, where people don't have their honey hole staked out and you know you don't feel like you're intruding on somebody's spot uh but something kind of new especially for the folks that are coming you know from across the country to fish this stuff i feel like every lake obviously is going to have its guys that know you know that have their spots but i think lake of the pines or maybe palestine would be some you know everybody knows of you know sam rayburn and toledo band and even caddo as beautiful as Caddo is, I think enough people fish it every year, Caddo, Bistano, et cetera. But um, there's been a lot of chatter that Brownwood is going to be the sleeper of all those. And I've never fished Brownwood. I mean, I have i don't know anything about it, but a lot of guys are saying that it's probably going to produce the the biggest limit. of April April 27th is a a damn good time to be putting out a big limit too. I mean, I'd say the fishing will be hot (laughs) in April. Yeah, to be honest, I've never even heard of it. Like, you know, I haven't either. Up across the border here in Arkansas, I've never heard of of Brownwood. You know, two and a half hours southwest of Fort Worth. Okay. Cliff says Ray Hubbard threw that one out there. I don't know. I drive across it and I hate it. So <laughs> <laughs> you just hate the drive part, or just looking at the lake and you're like, Ugh. that drive to Fort that Saturday morning was a beating. It was raining. It was bad enough, but there were two accidents. Uh, around the Ray Hubbard bridge area. And I've been stopped before last year. We had a tournament at Fort, or might've been earlier this year. And I was stopped for 30 minutes on the Ray Hubbard bridge. So at four in the morning for no apparent reason. (laughs) Don't talk about Lake of the Pines, zebra mussels. We're getting all kinds of, all kinds of said He hates the 30 bridge too. This is a good question. And and I think we, we have the answer to this. Derek Bushnell from YouTube asked, do you have to live in Texas to be able to fish this? No. The answer is no. Nope, you do not. So as best I can tell, here's the order. If you want to fish it, join your regular Bassmaster first. That's I think they're running a special right now for $17, like half off your one year subscription. Once you do that, then you can join the Texas Bass Nation. And that is uh, $31 with the processing fee. The kicker is you have to join the Texas Bass Nation by December 31st of this year to be eligible for any of the tournaments next year. Oh, really? Yep. That's interesting. I, I like that, though. I like to put yeah. a little heat on folks. Make some, get some commitments yep. out here. Yep. 
I but, think they're going to do great with that, man. Tennessee Bass Nation has taken off, and I think, especially Duke running anything, you know, it's going to be well ran. People are going to be held to the to the letter of the law, and I, you know, I really think that's going to be a huge step in the right direction. The great thing about the format, the way he's doing it, every tournament is shared with a trail, so you can double up at every one of them, and they're pretty clearly, you know, when when you look at the list, that's why it says northeast, southwest. You know, there's a trail associated with each one of those. And that's something we talked about. Was it a couple of weeks ago, Jeff? Like how to grow Bass Nation in these states? I think you have to partner with with the local clubs, yeah. you know, kind of started out as a double dip, you know, opportunity just to get the participation up. Yeah, we're, we're stretching some states too thin and some regions. With If we just keep piling on more events on different weekends, right? I mean, you're going to have, I mean, nobody can do them all. So if you yeah. don't double up some, I'm not a big fan of having four and five events on the same weekend, but doubling up some for like Duke's going to do here. Uh, I think Steve does some of that in, t- in Tennessee and Georgia. Mm-hmm. It's important because people can't do everything. So what else you got left for the year, Larry? You done? You're t- hanging it up. I think I'm done. You know, I'm usually bow hunting this time of year and I actually sat in a tree for the first time uh, on Sunday this season. So do you see anything? Um, really behind i had six does under me but i also had a fresh uh wasp nest in the tree <laughs> they were going into a knot behind my head so that was a very uncomfortable sit uh, that's exciting but there's one tournament i think it's december 2nd it's the louisiana state championship uh bdh is the defending champ of that one so why not take a shot that's actually on toledo bend so i'll actually fish the texas side of that one if i decide to do that one we didn't see any we didn't see any Toledo this year, did we? Nobody had a big one there, did they? No. They had Sam Rayburn. So. Sam Rayburn yeah. instead. Yep. Yeah. That Texas yep. schedule, man, it's something else. It's 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 enough to make a guy consider a guy like me from Arkansas or maybe somebody from Louisiana, wherever. You get called out try- in the comments. Crystal says that's what you always say. You're done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, driving to Texas and, and making this a part of their actual travel schedule, dr- traveling in from Arkansas, Louisiana, wherever, because that, I mean, those are bucket list lakes, a lot of them. And you only have to fish four, I think, to to be in the AOI. It's your best four events count, if I understand that right. So I want to say this uh, Marvin Forte was saying this No Limits had six states represented. I saw yeah. Arkansas, Colorado. Uh, I'm not sure what other states. I'm sure Oklahoma, Louisiana, places like that. So, yeah, If it wasn't for the Big Bass 250, I'd have been there. It was kind of a coin flip deal because I was planning on going to Fork originally, decided on the 250. Uh, hopefully, if they come back around, they won't be on the same weekends like that again. But, yeah, that'd be good. Yep. Be real good. Uh, Larry, I wanted to touch on a little bit of what you actually do in the real world outside of kayak fishing. I had no idea of this until we were just sitting here chatting before we went live. I do have a real job. I don't fish yeah. for a living. Yeah, just like the rest of us here. Well, none of us are PKs uh, on the show. Tell so us a little bit about your background. Yeah. I am a graphic designer. Um, I've been doing that since 95 when I graduated college. And I actually work at Texas Motor Speedway. I've been here for 21 years. So I work in the NASCAR space. Um, I do have the occasional schedule conflict with race weekends, but next year looks really good so far. Um but I do kind of, you know, help out some trails, some local trails. I helped Duke out with some art and some logo stuff. I did the Throwdown logo this year that was new for this year. I did his trail um, refresh on his his logo last year. So I just kind of do that for fun and don't really charge for it. Just 
doing my part to contribute to the to the the, the grand scheme of things. You have to say growing the sport, Larry. You have to growing the sport <laughs> one logo at a time. Growing the community. Yes. So I'm going to, I'm on the way to Illinois, but I'm going to deer camp with uh, Austin Dillon, one of the NASCAR yeah. NASCAR drivers. I got him and uh, Co Wetzel, who just played at the Texas Motor Speedway uh, for the Highway 30 Music Fest. Uh, we're yeah. going to go up there and chase some deer around. Are you going to bow hunt or are you going to gun hunt? Bow hunt, yeah. It's, it's bow season, and they are killing some giants. They've killed like 14 over 170 in the last two weeks. So wow. we're going to have a good time up there, I hope. I've been pretty much bow only for the last 15 years or so. I think I, I don't even own a gun. Actually, my wife, Crystal, who commented earlier, she's the only <laughs> gun owner of the house. She has a pink shotgun. So well, she'll take care of <laughs> she'll take care of you, Larry. Don't worry. It'd be scary to be confronted in a dark hallway with a bow, I think. You wouldn't even know it. You wouldn't <laughs> you wouldn't even know if you were in the sights. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. My son called me last night, Ryan, and told me this uh, long story about a giant deer that he shot with his bow in the wee hours of the afternoon, and he spent three hours and he couldn't find it. He still couldn't find it this morning. Yeah, they're oh, tricky, wow. man. You got to, especially if you don't, you know, get a good vital shot, you got to leave them alone. Usually, I usually leave them overnight and go back and start the next morning. I don't if you ever jump one. Say, I don't care what they say. If you bow hunt long enough, it happens to all of us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We tracked one for, I don't know, I think six and a half hours. When those freaking Rage broadheads came out, I was like, oh, man, these are so cool. Shot one in the shoulder. Oh, my gosh. Six and a half hours on my hands and knees trying to track a blood trail. It finally just dried up, and I was yep. like, all right, back to back to the old fixed blades, please. Uh, we got a question from Derek on Facebook for Larry. He says, who's your favorite driver since we're talking NASCAR now? Well, it was Jimmy Johnson for so many years and seven championships and whatnot. But I would say in right now, it's probably Ross Chastain just because of his Martinsville trick that he did last year where he put the hammer down and rode the wall all the way around. And, and yeah, that's – I mean, it's – I, I could I can list 10 or so. Kevin Harvick just retired. Who's the GOAT? The goat. Yep. Well, is it Dale Earnhardt? I, I mean, that's a that's a question, man. I I think it is personally. I think yeah. I think when Dale died, it kind of it hurt my feelings. I, I don't watch that mm -hmm. circle track stuff anymore. That <laughs> that made me sad. <laughs> did we you, are did, a Chevrolet track, so I kind of have to name Chevy drivers. So yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the only ones worth naming anyway. Mm -hmm. So did you? Were you a a NASCAR fan that sought out this job, or did you get this job and become a NASCAR? Not fan? at all. Not at all. I was, I had been laid off from a, uh, a, a job and it, I want to say that they, I applied with about 1500 other people and didn't hear anything back and called about two months later and got through to somebody and he said, I'm sitting here looking at a stack. Don't know how to even pick. So if you want to come on in, come on in. So, <laughs> I called that. two months later and they're like, hell, I hadn't even looked at any of these applications. You can have it if you want it. Next thing you know, I'm making logos for Jimmy Johnson. You never know how it's going. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Now, what parallels do you see? I mean, obviously, you're on the marketing side of things if you're in graphic design, right? What what parallels do you see or mistakes do you see being made over here on the on the fishing side of things um, that folks could clean up that you see work well over on the NASCAR uh, side of the world? You mean as far as trails? and Like marketing-wise, like 
trail branding, personal branding, anything. Well, there's that, a lot that of bad about. art out there. I know that. <laughs> so a lot of bad art. And I've, you know, that's how I normally um, get these little side jobs. And most of them don't pay or don't pay much. But I just say, hey, you know, can I help you with your stuff? Uh, you know, TexasBowHunter.com was, I've been a member there since 2000. And that's how that relationship started. So I'm kind of on the ends with those guys and have been helping them for years doing shirt designs and anything they need. And so I, I would say there's a lot of desktop publishers out there that are perpetrating as graphic designers, but I mean, to each their own and that's, that's their deal, not mine, but I do try to help out where I can. Yeah. I feel that's that. Branding's do you important. want to redesign our KBN logo? Jeff actually mentioned that. I did mention that. Don't think I haven't thought about emailing a few times. I, I was just taking a shot a at Jeff, but hey, look, look, I'm not taking credit for that. That was a desktop publisher <laughs> situation. I'll guarantee you. Uh, that what, what was that? Five years ago, Ryan? Now is that how long? It that? seems like a lot longer. If it... Yeah, five years ago we came up with that deal on on a you know <laughs> the cheapest bidder hooked us up with that deal. So anyway, yeah, well, Larry, maybe that maybe we'll do a redesign project with you, sir. Do you do tattoo work? Because I'm going to need to get it changed on the small of my back. Too. I do not. Okay. Ryan's got half on his back, and I got the other half on mine. <laughs> <laughs> they fit together. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. It's, <laughs> it's the opposite of spooning. It's like back to back. Yeah. Or... Well, I mean, you know, we're not. We don't really go that way. Call that synergy. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dig says, in other words, the KBN logo was free. No, it wasn't free, but almost. It was almost free. <laughs> Might as well have been free. Oh, boy. <laughs> but hey, you know what? It served its purpose. It's, it's, people know it when they see it. They have a certain feeling when they see it. They, they yeah. Know. It's, it's on normal. bathroom walls everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. What other questions does everyone have for Larry? Please throw them in the comments. I think it's been a, a great conversation, man. We appreciate you taking the time to do this. You're an interesting cat, Larry. I'll give it to you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Cliff says you're the real people's champ. Yeah, I've always said people <laughs> chump, but I mean, whatever, potato, tomato, whatever they say. I've now seen Clifton at least three different times say he's coming out of retirement and fishing this Bass Nation trail down there. He said that last year or earlier <laughs> this year for a tournament on Granberry, and I think he was home drinking whiskey in bed by like 10 o'clock that morning. I find that very hard to believe. That's not the Clifton I know. <laughs> That was a brutal day on Granbury that I don't, I, I actually met him for the first time that morning at the ramp. So. For the first time ever? Yeah. Oh, wow. How was Matt, it? It was, he was taller than I thought. And <laughs> he's the real deal. He really is a large man in case anyone's wondering. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm 6'3", and I was looking up to him, so. Oh, yeah, him and John are both freaking giants. Big boys. <laughs> it's not just the keyboard. They're actually huge. Yeah. But uh, gentle giants, nice fellows in person. Oh, yeah. Nice fellows in person. Um, yeah, good guys. Clifton, great. If he if he fishes, maybe I can get him to, to meet me there, and we'll fish together for the Ray Rod tournament. That'd be fun, right? Oh, yeah. You'll have to make sure the GoPro's running for that one. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fun. We'll go we'll go off somewhere. And, and, uh, the sport needs somewhere. a good Allen comeback. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It does. It needs a Jim Clark come, to come back too, right? Can we get him to come back? <laughs> Those two at the same time would be great. Yeah, I miss and Conrad, man. man, I miss old Conrad. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah, 
you know, had any witty banter in a while. When the pandemic disappeared, so did Conrad. We need, we need, we don't need that back, but we need him back. <laughs> we, need, we need him back. So, Ryan, when are we going to see you in Texas? Um, Possum Kingdom for sure on the on the big schedule. I'll be at PK for sure. Um, I'll probably do Caddo too. I don't know if you want to count that. I always stay on the Texas side because I go to that lighthouse lounge or whatever that shithole is. So I'll definitely be back at that one. You know, they're not double dipping with, with the big Bass Nation one for that, are they? Because I know both are on the schedule. It's two different times a year. The, the no. Bass Nation Nationals in the fall. and then Cattle, in the spring. I, I want to say it's going to double dip with Lance McWhorter's trail. Uh, okay, East Texas. I was actually in Texas two weeks ago. I just got back from Amarillo. I'm out there quite a bit. I'm going to go to Ivy in December and fish with one of our uh, future podcast guests here in the next week or so. So if you, you. if you do good, then we'll see you next year for OH Ivy in September. Uh, maybe. I just want to go catch a giant. And it's uh, Jason Kahn. He he guides out there in the wintertime. Uh, so I think, I think me and Co are going to jump in with him and try to go smash a double digit if we can. That'd be dope. We got we got Duke in the comments. We should have sent Duke a link. Have him come in here and talk a little bit. I know actually. we kind of missed that. We've hyped <laughs> hyped his whole trail up and dropped his name fifty times and <laughs> didn't invite him on the show. Poor Duke. He's too busy. He's too Sorry, busy. Us Yahoo's anyway. Sorry, Duke. <laughs> Number love for you. Uh, Ryan says loves loves the job you did on Christie's musky rig. What? Uh, <laughs> <I don't, laughs> I don't think that was me, brother. <laughs> Different Ryan, my man. Yeah, I, I, I ain't doing yeah. all that. It's scaring me. I don't know what's happening over there. I don't either. Uh, yeah. Pull the I, plug. I don't see any, yeah. I don't, I don't see any more stories or any more questions or any more stories for, for Larry. Larry, we'll let you slide out of here, man. We're going to do the Seaguar giveaway in a minute and wrap things up. Um, but, man, I appreciate it. I hope I get to, to meet you and shake your hand here at, this spring at one of these Texas tournaments. Absolutely. I for sure. Thanks for coming on, man. Look forward to it. I appreciate it. All right, Take care. Larry Hill, everybody. What a great guy. That was a great interview, man. I enjoyed oh, yeah. that. I enjoyed that one. I feel like Larry's got some zingers in him. He's got that kind of <laughs> sneaky, dry approach, like, like he's going to burn you. <laughs> yeah, if he appreciates Clifton, then I know he does. Yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Because yeah. Clifton's one of those kind of guys, too. He's funny, dry, dry humor guy. Uh, he reminded, like, just the way he was talking, he reminded me of Clifton, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let me try to get this giveaway tool, tool pulled up. Okay. Get this done, and we'll go uh, watch the second half of the Razorbacks, Ryan. What do you say? Opening night of basketball tonight. I know. I know. Ten, uh, some of my friends are up at the Tennessee game. Check the score. They're up uh, 46-22 at halftime. It's that's a good fair. start to the year. Yeah, it's a good, that's a good run. Purdue was beating Sanford like 52-17 to 17 or something when I was eating oh. dinner. <laughs> Purdue salty because they came over here and got housed by us. I say house. They got beat by us in the exhibition game. Oops. So they, they weren't real happy with it. They tried to blow it off like, ah, we weren't trying. It was an exhibition. You know how they do. Oh, yeah. All right, y'all. Oh, look at you. I'm not letting these fools jump the gun anymore. I'm changing like that. It. I'm changing that stuff up. We're going to do see our giveaway. We're going to throw hashtag Tatsu in the comments. And I'm not going to put it in there as not to put our name on the, the list. I like it. So we'll give you a few minutes, a few minutes to get in there, man. I, I'm excited. I know this it's TOC week. So I'm assuming Hobie's going to drop their schedule. I'm excited to see what it looks like. It's usually um, right around this time every year. So I, I anticipate that to be happening this week. 
between that and the and the Bass national schedule, which is real spread out, this this deal in Texas, Arkansas doesn't have one yet. But with Duke picking that up, I, you know, he's got me heavy leaning towards trying to get Arkansas fired up. You gonna come out of retirement, Jeff? I don't know. I might do it. Ooh. I, can't, I can't let Arkansas just sit here and be nothing. We got. If anybody is, uh, if anybody's around Quincy, Illinois, I have the KBN cornhole boards and bags in the truck. If you have any crisp hundred dollar bills you'd like to <laughs> bring around, since I'm not fishing the TOC, I'd like to make some some lunch money up there. Yeah, I don't know who all lives up that way. Alan Weedmeyer lives somewhere up in Illinois, I think. Maybe you can get him to come meet you. I was going to say Dusty Yacker, but he's in it. I think he's in the Yeah, he's in it, yep. Yep, Dave just got in town. He just rolled up. I think he texted me yesterday. We'll see. We'll see what the boys do. Yep. Uh, Let's see. We got about 40 entries, rolling about 60 live. We'll give you another minute, not another minute, another second or two to get in the entry, and then we'll we'll pull the draw. TSC starts tomorrow, right? Yeah, a three-day deal, man. Yeah. yeah. Midweek. What do you think about that midweek? Let's talk about that for a second. What's your opinion on it? I, for a championship, I absolutely love it. For any other trail, I think it's like if you're just trying to have a regular season, it's a disaster because not many people can. For a championship, like when Bass does that, at first I was like, man, this is ridiculous. But going to the Bass Championship and fishing it on Chickamauga, like they had it this last year. I love that because you didn't have the same boat traffic. You didn't have to put up with as much fishing pressure. It was it was fantastic. I love that. Just for the championships, though. What about you? You like that? I do. No, I do. I, I like I like the format. I think I think in the fall it's not as critical as far as boat traffic goes because I mean honestly most of the tournaments are about wrapped up even even on the the big boat side right now. But uh, I mean I like I think it's it's good to get the anglers in. Uh, you're going to be there all week anyway, so might as well go ahead and kick the tournament off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. There we go. All right, let's do this giveaway, y'all. See who the slow roll is going to be tonight. He's going to be the victim. Oh, by the way, uh, our last Revo winner, I got a message from him before we came live, said he got the glasses, was blown away. Yeah. Super excited. Oh, I love this name. Miller Time. Miller right. Time with a Y on YouTube. Is that a snake? Yes. Okay. All right. Miller time. <laughs> Hit us up, Miller time, uh, kayakbassination at gmail.com. Send me an email or find either one of us on Facebook. Let us know. Yep. Just drop way. your uh, shipping address and I'll send it over to Brian and we'll get you hooked up. There we go, man. Another show in the books, Ryan. Next week, we'll track down the TOC winner. What do you say? Sounds like a plan to me. Maybe the AOY too. Yep. We'll yeah. Yeah. We'll right. know both. And that's close right now, yeah. especially between Jackson and Ewing. They're, they're right there neck and neck. So, if Ewing doesn't win, we need to have his dad on, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Leave Todd alone. Surely yeah. Ewing's got it locked up this year, man. He has, I mean, he just hammered down on the the trail all season long. I think this tournament sets up really well for his live scope and style. So I, I have a hard time thinking he's not going to lock this one up. Yeah. Go, Edwin. You can do it. Get him. All right. Later, y'all. See you.